Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, Ram Nation. We are back with another edition of DNVR Rams Live presented by High Plains Strains. Talking a big senior day dub for the Rams. It's been a while. It's been a while since the Rams have been in the mix, since we've had games that mattered come December, uh, come November even. And it it wasn't the prettiest win. We're going to get into it. It certainly was one of those where we had to sweat it out. It was closer than it probably should have been. But in the end, another resilient showing from this group really impressive. Uh, Again, this is DNVR Rams Live presented by High Plain Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of the deals. I'm hoping that my voice is able to last for this one. As you all know, I've, I've been battling bronchitis the past week and a half or so. It's been pain in my butt, but we're going we're gonna to keep the vibes right. We're going to keep the positivity rolling. This was a big win for the program. First time they'll have a winning record at home since 2017, which is crazy. Only the second time since the stadium opened outside of 2020, where they only played one home, did win it against Wyoming. Um, this game really played out essentially exactly how I expected. I was standing on the sideline pregame with Kevin Lytle, my guy, the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. Does a great job. Make sure you support his work as well. And I, I just told him essentially, I think this is going to be a game that they win by double digits, but it ultimately is closer than it should be. And they pull away at the end. And, you know, you just, you kind of feel like, yeah, we, we left some meat on the bone there, especially with some of the misplays. I mean, the pick six at the end of the first half was just so, so dumb. I mean, it was a bad decision. I don't mind the aggressive mindset. That is something you should be able to do as a vertical passing offense. You should be able to, you know, attack and and push for points, especially when you have the skill players that CSU has, when you have the arm talent that Braden has, you got to be smart there though. And, And it was essentially the one thing that you could not have happen. And after being up 20 to three in that first half, all of a sudden you only have a one score lead going into the, into the break there. And then in the second half, you know, Nevada had possession for 11 minutes and 12 seconds in that third quarter. I just, I really felt like this is a game that very easily could have gotten away from the Rams, the type of game that in recent years, they would have just found a way to lose. I mean, if you followed CSU over the last half decade, we've invented ways to lose at times. And it's been a really, really frustrating process, but I thought this was big. I mean, the the defense played well. Nevada gave CSU their best shot, but they just forced them to drive long fields. You ultimately only give up one offensive score. I like the game plan offensively. They leaned on that ground game. Marshall has been such a huge spark for the offense. Um, they made enough plays through the air. 
Uh, we've got a question from Jacob Kennedy here. I'm just going to get to it before I miss it. Um, maybe something I missed. I didn't see Blackburn recognized on senior day. Is he coming back? Yeah, Henry didn't walk, uh, which I guess I don't want to speak for him. You never know in this portal era, but he'll be back. And that's essentially what he had been saying since the beginning of the year, that him, Aiden Hector, and, and Jack Howell, you know, they they all had a chance to not only play this season, but next season together as well. So I, I do expect Henry to be black, back. <laughs> I do expect Henry to be black. No, I expect him to be back. Um, there were 10 guys that walked yesterday. Nine of them have no eligibility left. That is Chigoze Anusium, cornerback, offensive lineman Andrew Cannon, though he is petitioning for a waiver. So maybe we do see him back. He took over as starting offensive guard this year. Would be nice to get another year out of him if you could, especially as some of these younger offensive linemen that you've signed in these last couple of classes are still developing. Uh, Oregon State transfer to corner, Ron Hard. She's out of eligibility. Oliver Jervis, the Monmouth transfer, also offensive guard. Mo Camara is out of eligibility. Tony Pierce Jr. is out of eligibility as his linebacker, Justin Sanchez in defensive tackle, Matt Thomas. Tory Horton did walk. He has one year of eligibility remaining if he so chooses to use it. Shout out to the Horton family. Had an opportunity to speak with them post-game. Could not have been sweeter. Uh, could not have been kinder. And it, it genuinely just really made much love to the Horton family. Makes total sense why Tory is such a genuine guy. He has all the talent in the world, but just a really humble, intelligent, hardworking young man. And I'm, I'm super excited for his future, no matter what happens. Um, again, I've, I've said it before. I've, I'll say it again. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up only to have it cra come crashing down. You have to understand the reality of the situation. There's a lot of money at stake here. It, I do think the possibility of Tory coming back is a lot higher than it would be for most people in his position. He's only 21. The, the rush to get to the league is not as necessary as it is for, for certain individuals. And I think he's a guy that could benefit and really raise his draft stock by coming back for another year. From what I've kind of heard, you know, kind of being projected in that fourth to sixth round range at the moment, talent wise, he, he's good enough to go in the second. I, I just would like to see him consider it. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, Question from Aaron Harris here. Are there any players besides Clay that are expected to transfer? And I can't even say definitively that Clay will transfer. I mean, he would have to sit out unless he can graduate. I don't know what his academic situation is at the moment. Um, look, you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much on guys, but I will say like Makai Fox would be a guy that I would keep an eye on just because he didn't play a ton this year. The fact that guys like Dawson Menegotti are seeing the field over him. That's, kind of a pretty glaring indicator. Um, maybe someone like Jordan Williams, you know, who really didn't see the field this that much this year, especially with, I think, Dallin Holker probably coming back and, and Vincent as well. So those would be some guys I would keep an eye on, but that's purely speculation. I don't have any inside info. I'm not trying to make it seem like, oh, I've heard these guys have one foot out or, you know, I'm not trying to say I want them to go either. I'm just saying based on context and and kind of how things have played out this year. Those would be some guys that I would keep an eye on. Maybe somebody like Jackson Stratton as well. You know, basically from everything that I've heard, he was fourth or fifth on the depth chart this year. I think it'll be Jackson Brousseau that competes with Braden for that starting role in the future. Although, you know, BFN should have the upper hand after, you know, getting the, the starts this year and, and getting that experience in the system. Um, but yeah, as far as senior day goes, only 10 guys that walked, 
Tory could come back. And I, I just think that's really encouraging regarding the, the direction of this program. Again, like this team has so much room for growth. There were so many tough learning moments along the way. This very easily could have been an eight plus win season, potentially even in the mix for a Mountain West championship with how wonky things have gotten down the stretch here. I mean, you beat UNLV, you don't blow that 17 point lead against Utah State. You never know. Obviously, the CU game is the one that really sits sour in the stomach just in terms of outplaying somebody and finding a way to lose. But I, I just I cannot say enough about the fight of this group. And I, I said it even in some some tough losses earlier this season. And I think it kind of rings hollow in those situations. Yeah, it's like they played hard effort. That's great. This is a season that very easily could have gotten away from CSU. I mean, you're three and six. Yeah, three winnable games to close the year, but it's still a tough spot. San Diego State's a competitive program. They play physically. You knew Nevada was going to give CSU their best shot. And to their credit, I, I felt like this was the best Nevada looked all season outside of maybe UNLV, who they gave a pretty decent game to as well. And that makes sense. The context of a rivalry is always going to kind of tighten those margins, even if one side has significantly more talent than the other and Nevada, you know, down after, after going down, I've just been really impressed with the fight of this group. And I think it's been a major reason they've been able to pull out some of these games. We had a comment from my buddy, Aaron Harris earlier yesterday was a game that Adazio would have lost without a doubt, without a doubt, Adazio loses that game. And I think Bobo does too. And that's not a shot at, at, at Bobo or anything like that. I've made it pretty clear over the years, how I feel about, Adazio, I'm not going to double down on that, but I just think that this is a, a team that plays for one another. Really discount that. Really resilient in the end, and uh, they did a lot well in this one. So we're going to keep that going. We're going to talk about it. You guys have an awesome opportunity coming up if you choose to take it. Broncos Raiders game out in Vegas. We are hooking up with the Circa Resort and Casino, Vegas's first ever adult-only resort casino. For an awesome Broncos road trip included in one package, you can get 20% off a two-night stay at the Circle. Two tickets to the Winter Swim and Concert, two passes to Stadium Swim. Stadium Swim is sick. Uh, you get access to the tailgate slash watch party at Stadium Swim. An annual Die Hard membership package is included, so you get access to all of our content. You also get an option to buy a game ticket if you would like. Circa has given away five trips for free every hour from 4 to 9 p.m. this Sunday. That's today, the 19th, headed to the Broncos tailgate. They're giving another five trips for free. Do not miss out. What a cool opportunity. Shout out to Circa. Also, download the app at circasports.com. Circa sports bets can be made only while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, caller text 100 Gambler or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Also, High Plain Strains, the homies that present this, they make it happen. High Plain Strains provides top quality cannabis, a wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs. They got edibles, high potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. They have three locations one on Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. So if you're in Northeastern Colorado, they are the dispo for you. You can save time by ordering head online. They've got a drive-thru, y'all. That's where we're at as a society. We now have drive throughs with dispensaries. Cannot believe it. Now through Green Friday, November 24th, get a half ounce for 45 bucks. Other Green Friday deals are a full OZ for 80 bucks. 
Veritas eights for 25 mammoth gram cartridges for 15 and exquisite extracts are four for 40. Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. If you want to take advantage of these high plane strains, holiday deals. All right, let's get into some of these keys to the game here. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. Much love to my guy, Taylor. Do what he's saying. Hit that like button. Let's get it moving. (laughs) Oh, Aaron, we got some funny comments in the section. I love it, though. Um, What's your agenda, guy? The biggest key for CSU, in my opinion, in this one was the balance. They ran the ball for five yards a carry. I talked about that being so important coming off of that encouraging performance against San Diego State. Um, they, they ran the ball for five yards of carry. Justin Marshall, another 98 yards in this one, came just shy of back-to-back 100-yard performances, which really would have been something that the burst we're seeing from that true freshman back is just... It's something we haven't seen in quite some time. I mean, he, he can get going. And some of these quick cuts, the vision, super, super, <laughs> super impressive. Um, they created enough plays in the explosive passing offense. I, I would say that there were definitely missed opportunities. And Norvell was super honest about that post game, just in terms of the passing offense, where it's at under BFN. You know, the, the O-line did a phenomenal job of giving them a lot of protection, zero sacks, only four QB hurries allowed in this one versus, you know, the other way the Rams had four sacks, six QB hurries. That's a significant difference. BFN had plenty of time, did miss some stuff in the short and intermediate passing game, just a little too much. He has a tendency to kind of throw a fastball when it's not necessary. He's a young guy. He gets excited. He's, he's really amped when you watch him pregame. You know, he's, he's a guy that likes to talk some trash. He's got some swagger to it. I love all of that. And I think that mentality has been huge for this offense and just having some dog, especially in these types of games where, you know, it gets a little bit rocky and you get punched in the face and you have to respond back. I think having that type of attitude from the quarterback is big. Now the gunslinger mentality at times can be costly. And we have seen it be a factor in some of these games, Wyoming being the the biggest example of where turnovers really came back to hurt the Rams. You have the one pick in this game and not a great decision. Torrey never turns. So there's some type of miscommunication there. I don't know if that's more on the receiver or the QB. Frankly, I blame coaching more than BFN on that one. I just think it's a bad spot. While I do agree in principle that you should be able to go for points there, you got to know the situation. You got to know your young quarterback and you're kind of just putting them in a a bad spot. You're asking for trouble there. So I don't love that decision in the end, but I mean, Norvell owned that post game. Like I'm not going to sit here and, and rip them and be like, you moron, you almost cost us the game. If they go down and score points there, everybody's, you know, praising him for being aggressive and, you know, really bringing the fight. So it's just, it's one of those where it kind of is what it is, but you have to make the tackle. And that's what was really disappointing. I feel like there were multiple opportunities there for guys to bring him down in the open field and just felt like we were watching it in slow motion as he took it back the other way, uh, along with balance and resilience, uh, pressure, like I said, a really big key to the game in this one. Special teams were a big factor. Jordan Noyes, who, by the way, we recently found another year of eligibility. Don't know why or, or where that came from or what that process is, is like. Um, but yeah, shout out to Noyes. It's great to have a kicker that hits north of 80% of his field goals. And he was three of three in this one, a really big leg. Love to get that back. Special teams have been great for CSU this year, which 
that's another area that had been an absolute train wreck for the Rams in the, the five years leading in. We do have a super chat here from Lamar 1107. Will the Rams be playing P5 football in 2024 or 2025? Great question. One we'd all love to know the answers to. Um, I think the, the most likely outcome, at least in 2024, is the scheduling alliance that we've read a lot about. I, I basically think those Pac-12 schools will largely operate as independent entities under the Pac-12 banner. They're essentially going to be independent, though, and they'll play a Mountain West schedule, and they're going to make a bunch of money on it, and good for them. I do think that down the line, especially 2025 and beyond, CSU will be in what ends up being this rebuilt version of the Pac-12. I had a chance to talk to some important people yesterday in the stadium just regarding you know, what's, what's happening, you know, what are you guys hearing with this PAC 12 stuff? And basically everything that I've heard is that the pot, the conversations are positive both ways, Oregon state and Washington state have every intention of rebuilding that PAC 12. If they do that, CSU is going to be in the mix. Maybe it's 2025. Maybe they just wait for the mountain West TV contract to expire. They basically come in and take the, the vast majority of the league over. I've long argued that, I would take the majority of the Mountain West teams over schools like Rice and some of these AAC teams that that get a, a lot of love in these realignment conversations. But with my personal bias, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, again, thank you to everybody in the comment section. Much, much love. Um, I do want to say that like at the end of the day, I understand it's not going to be viewed like the Pac-12 as currently constructed with USC, with UCLA, Oregon, Washington, all this history, I do think you can firmly cement yourself as the premier West Coast League, though. And whether that actually gets the P5 distinction and we're kind of moving away from Power 5 at this point, it's more like the Big Ten and the SEC are kind of on their own plane. And then ACC and Big 12 are like the next one. And the Pac-12 moving forward would be that fifth league. I don't know if it's going to be considered power five. All I'm saying is that it's going to be one of the best West coast leagues. And I do think with uh, these PAC 12 teams going to the big 10, they have a chance to own that late night window to be competitive while also operating with a little bit of common sense here. And that's embracing regionality and history of college football. Like to me, I'd way rather watch Fresno State, San Diego State for the, or, you know, Fresno State, Boise State, CSU, Wyoming for the next decade than Tulane versus New Mexico or whatever it would be. It just, to me, that does nothing for me. I, I get the, the market share and all that stuff, TV metrics. I'm not a TV suit though. So that, that, that's just my two thoughts on it. But CSU will be in that rebuilt pack, whatever number it ends up being, pack 12, pack 10, pack 14, who knows. Um, getting back on track here, uh, as far as keys to the game, uh, the turning point to me was Brandon Talton's missed 43 yard field goal at the beginning of the fourth there, Nevada really had all the momentum. I mean, you end the first half with the, the pick six, you have 11 minutes and 12 seconds of possession in that third quarter. If you tie the game there, all of a sudden the Rams are, are really on the ropes. Even so they were staggered a little bit. Talton pulls it wide left. CSU immediately responds, uh, ultimately ends with a 38-yard touchdown pass from BFN to Lewis Brown. Just a dime. Just an absolute dime. I love the moving pocket. 
a shout out to Steve Ivy on Twitter, really good friend of mine. He pointed that out. I think that's really conducive to BFN's skill set. He's a guy that likes to move around a little bit. He wants to take shots, but that gives him a chance to really look at the whole field and then ultimately make a big throw that Lewis Brown is able to haul in. Rams able to secure that 30 to 20 victory. Um, CSU player of the game. To me, I'm going Henry Blackburn. I think he set the tone from the beginning. Seven total tackles in this one. Had one interception on the first pass attempt from AJ Bianco. Caused the second interception as well when he blitzed. Timed it perfectly. He's really solid on those safety blitzes. Whenever he's down by the line of scrimmage, he's a guy I love keeping an eye on. Absolutely lit up Bianco. So much so that I was really worried a flag was going to come out and it was going to offset it. We're going to get an unnecessary roughness, roughing the QB, whatever. The refs don't call it. They let them play at that. A really nice play for the the interception from newer Gatkuth as well. Really up and coming defensive lineman. Future's bright. Future's bright. But I just think it's great to see a guy like Henry making plays. He has had a phenomenal season for the Rams. He has had some really big moments in all of their wins. and. This guy just plays with his heart on his sleeve. Like he just, after everything he's been through, all the noise, all the bullshit after, excuse my language, all the, all the noise after the, the CU game for him to come out and have this type of year and, and truly be a leader in the, the resurgence of this program. It's just, it's awesome. It's a Colorado kid. Like how can you not be happy for a guy like Henry Blackburn and, Again, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I fully expect him back next season as well, which is great. You know, I, I want to see him get that opportunity to get a win over the team from his hometown and, you know, hopefully compete for a Mountain West championship. Some more individuals that are worth recognizing in this one, the helmet stickers for this game. We got to start with the O-line. It all begins in the trenches and BFN had all day. Like there was one instance when they ran that flea flicker on third down, which by the way, I don't know about going with a flea flicker on third and one. It worked out, but there was a free rusher that just about took off BFN's chin. He did a good job of avoiding it. Ultimately, they're able to make that play. Torrey Horton comes down with an insane catch despite having a DB all over him. Could have gotten called for pass interference about four times on that one route, uh, but it all starts in the O-line and uh, the the improvement we've seen in the trenches this season under Bill Best has just been night and day to go from quite literally the uh, the worst performing offensive line in the country in terms of pass protection to one of the top 15 groups and consistently giving this team a shot. They're running the ball all of a sudden. I mean, it's it's been huge. And it's a big reason why they've had a chance. Like without those guys, all of this is moot. You know, it's an obsolete point. Uh, helmet sticker for BFN. Nice performance for the young quarterback. He was 15 to 30, 50%. Wasn't super sharp in terms of some of those intermediate throws. Like I said, does need to continue to develop there. Just some of those touch passes, you know, some, sometimes he puts a little too much arm on it, but that's what young quarterbacks a bit excitable. Um, ultimately made good decisions with the football pair of t- passing touchdowns. One to Torrey Horton, one to Lewis Brown helmet stickers for both of those guys as well especially Tori, who I just, I love seeing him have this type of game in front of his family on senior day. Hopefully in my opinion, you know, hopefully not the last time we get to see him in canvas stadium, but if it's the case, I am glad that he scored in that game. 
he's just been such a huge addition for this program. And like I said, it's not just about the talent with Tori, it's the leadership and his role in helping these guys like justice Ross Simmons and Lewis Brown learn what it takes to be competitive from a week to week basis and, you know, how to make plays. And I just, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, helmet sticker for Justin Marshall and Avery Morrow. Uh, Justin Marshall led the team in rushing for second straight week, 98 yards. Avery Morrow had a nice game in this one as well. He had nine carries for 52 yards, one touchdown. Hope Avery is okay. Unfortunately, in that second half, took a shot. It looked like it was like in the lower back or maybe a, I think Jay said potentially it could be a hip flexor, but he was taken to the hospital. So, you know, prayers up for Avery Morrow, hoping for a speedy recovery. He's a guy that you would love to see get a chance to be on the field. You know, Justin Marshall and Damian Henderson, Van Shield, those guys are, are the future. I also would love to see a guy like Avery who's just busted his tail, you know, get that chance to shine here at the end as well. Uh, helmet sticker for Jack Howell. He's the first CSU DB since they started recording these stats in 2000 at back-to-back 100 tackle seasons. The guy just makes plays. That's all he does. To, to come in and perform this consistently when you're the son of a CSU legend and there's so much pressure on you, you even play the same position as him, that's not easy. And with the losing, like it could have been really easy for a guy like Jack to hop in the portal. A whole variety of Power 5 teams have been trying to get him and Tori and a lot of these guys over the last couple of years. So loyal, such a great teammate. And he's one of those guys where, unless he's you know leaving in the box, like on a stretcher, he's just not leaving the field. Like he's, he's played injured. He's played a little dinged up. It's just, it's admirable. Uh, Chase Wilson, hundred tackle season as well. First year starter at linebacker. Love to see the Ralston Valley product doing his thing. Another really humble guy. That's just easy to root for. Finally, Mo Camara, 12 and a half sacks this year, 30 in his career. Only needs a couple more to tie Clark Hagan for that school record could potentially get to 16 and, you know, get the, the single season record as well. We will see would need a huge game uh, against Hawaii. Torrey Horton closing in on a thousand yard season. I think Torrey Horton could tie Michael Gallup's uh, single season catch record of a hundred as well. If he had like 14, which it's possible done it against CU. It's possible. Uh, Jordan Noyes gets a helmet sticker three of three. In uh, field goal attempts, didn't miss any extra points either. I just, it's so nice to have a kicker that when he goes out there, you expect him to make it. When he, like, when Noyes misses, I'm genuinely surprised. And that that's not the norm in college football. Trust me, not at all. Uh, helmet sticker for all of you guys in the comment section for getting up early with me for supporting the content year round. None of this is possible without any of you guys. We're going to keep this going. I can answer some more questions and thoughts in the final segment. I'll also give a couple of my final thoughts. I do want to talk to you guys about AG1. Guys, you don't want to get sick like I have been the last couple of weeks. AG1 is a great way to take care of yourself to make sure you're getting all the vitamins, nutrients that you need. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. A big part of that is optimizing whole body health. If you drink AG1, you're getting 75 high-quality ingredients, daily nutrients that support energy, focus, strength, clarity. Watching college football for 15 straight hours and taking notes, that's hard work. I need my brain locked in. I need, to, I need it to be functioning. 
at its highest possible capability with AG1. I know that I can do that. I'm covering all my nutritional uh, bases for the day with one scoop and a cup of water. Super easy, costs less than $3. That's a really effective and affordable way to set yourself up for success. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, try AG1. A one-year supply of vitamin D, five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash rams. That's drinkag1.com slash rams. Check it out. Also want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love Breck Brews. The Broncos have a big game coming up against the Vikings tonight. Maybe you're going to have a, a couple of ice cold Breck Brews before that one. Uh, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you offering that sweet, sweet nectar of the gods. I love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Question here from Henry. Can we talk about how the new you, how good the new unis look? That green looks so, so good. Amen, brother. Amen. I am a green and gold guy. At my core, I am a traditionalist with college football. I like the history. I like the rivalry. I like that when I turn on CSU, they have that visual identity of, of what they're playing for. And that's, to me, what CSU and you know what college football is supposed to be all about. It's not just a game. It's about representing your community. It's about representing your school and the pride and you know the, the tradition and everything that goes with that. I, don't, I didn't mean to say pride and tradition there, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's just, it, to me, the last couple of years with the white bone helmet, and it's obviously sick. Like It's such a cool design. But it, it got to a point where I was surprised when CSU would be wearing their actual team colors. And I just, I kind of hate that. I just kind of hate that. Uh, got a question here from Taylor. Justin, fall break week sucks for senior day. There's not really a way around it though, as you get either the front or back end of it. Maybe a Friday night game would help more students come. Maybe. I mean, there's that picture on Twitter that's going around. And let me start here before I get to the actual point of this question. Don't waste your time engaging with people who are solely seeking to drown with those interactions. Buffs fans, Nevada fans. Like, I understand why Nevada fans are bitter. I, I especially understand there. Buffs fans, they're, they're trolling whatever. Congrats on the attendance. Congrats on that many people being there for the Stanford loss. Um, you know, your season's over. So you gotta, you gotta be this tall to ride. You gotta be bowl eligible. If you want me to care about your opinion. Um, I just, it is what it is. <laughs> like this isn't Alabama. It's not the SEC. It's not the big 10. You're not going to have 40 K no matter what. I remember even in 2014 for senior day against New Mexico, it was like a wonky 10 AM start exact same spot in the calendar that that Saturday before Thanksgiving. And it was a better crowd than this, but it was largely empty. And that team was nine and one, I believe 10 and one at the time. So winning will help. Like if you win, you can certainly, it's certainly going to be easier to pull 25 K plus. Um, but the reality is, is that all these decisions are, are made by TV networks and they just don't care. And, also, I mean, we're a G5 program. Like, I do feel for the seniors when, you know, you see the pictures, it doesn't look great. You can rattle off a couple of winning seasons here. You know, maybe that changes. Maybe you get a little bit more consistent. But 
I mean, the, the, the people making jokes like CSU is an embarrassment or something. It's just not factually true. They average some of the top attendance in the G5, even while on break, still pulled a significantly larger crowd than what Nevada averages. I, I don't know. I just, it's not worth your energy engaging with people who have no intention of having an honest conversation and have, you know, they're, they're only aiming to bring you down at the end of the day, like this season is about us. It's, it's not about them. And the reason I'm saying this is because I have to be aware of it myself. I find myself constantly engaging with some of these trolls. And then I'm just sitting there questioning what, what am I doing it for? What, what's, what is to be gained out of this? Are, are they going to have an honest intellectual conversation with me where we can, you know, really talk about these things fairly? No. And, and that's been the case since the start of the season. That's why I gave up regarding any of the, the discourse in Boulder and Dion, like, I, you know, week two going into the showdown, I'm sitting there pointing out CU's issues in the trenches and, and the context of a rivalry game, why I believe that it was going to be a great game. And it actually was. And, you know, Buffs fans, Buffs media, literally laughing in my face. So you can't, you can't take people seriously that prove to be clowns. And ultimately that's where I'm at. As far as all that goes, um, Congrats on the attendance again. I'm, I'm glad they were there for that Stanford game. All right. The, uh, the bowl system has been diluted. I understand that. Ultimately, there needs to be higher goals than six and six moving forward. But you also got to walk before you can run. And when you look at the state of this program over the last six years, if you can get to a bowl game, this is a major step in the right direction. You've gone... Four and two at home. First time you've had a winning record in that building since 2017, 2018, two and four, 2019, two and four, 2022, two and four. And then in 2021, especially disastrous under Adazio when they went one and five, including a 52 to 10 senior day loss to the Nevada Wolfpack. Want to talk about sorry sights on senior day. That was about yeah, the most pathetic thing I had ever seen. Felt so bad for guys like Toby and Trey McBride. Uh, it's, it's a lot more fun to win on senior day. Like they have the last two years under Jay Norvell. And yeah, I'd like to see a few more fans in the stands, but I also understand the, the, the reality of the situation when, you know, you're, you're missing, you know, 10,000 students, you're, you're going to feel that in the crowd. Um, some more final thoughts on this one. And I'll dive into, you know, some of the X's and O's and some of that stuff on the next pod I record. You guys know the the deal at this point. Keep the questions and comments coming if you would like me to respond. This is a really young team. A lot of these guys are going to be back. You just got to keep building. And I understand that a New Mexico Bowl, a Frisco Bowl, is that something that 40 years from now you look back on and view as the crowning achievement? Probably not. Although, you know, 2008 New Mexico Bowl, 2013 New Mexico Bowl, pretty damn fun. Like I would take that in a heartbeat right now. Ultimately, though, what's huge about reaching the postseason is you get that extra month of practice. It's continuing what you've been working on, and that's what the best programs do. It's essentially, you know, you begin your winter workout process early. You're, you're essentially staying in action all the way from the season into those winter workouts, into spring ball, and you just have much less off time, which is big, especially when you have these young guys that allows you to you know, really refine some things, especially with all these guys coming back. You're not in a spot anymore where you're simply trying to learn the system and get these guys in a, in a position where they're just able to see the field. 
you know, you're, you're hoping to really take it to the next level. And this is when you start building off of, you know, what you've created. It's when you start, you know, adding in a little bit more wrinkles to the offense, more variations of your plays, all that type of stuff. But it takes time. It takes practice. And that's why making a bowl is so important. And also just giving the fans something to look forward to. Like, I again, would I love to see CSU reach something higher than a 6-6 six and six New Mexico Bowl? Of course, you know, like I've, I fantasized about the possibility of a Fiesta Bowl or, you know, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, though, I just, I want to win a bowl. I want to be in the mix. I want the, the football program to still matter around Thanksgiving. And that has not been the case now for six straight years. So I'm stoked. I think this season has been a lot of fun. Have there been missed opportunities? Without a doubt. And that stinks. It's a bummer because, you know, you very easily could have won eight, nine games. You also have a chance to double your win total here to get to the postseason and to really define the legacy of this season in a major way. What they are doing is sustainable, guys. The thing about the transfer portal is it's a great way to fill holes. Dallin Holker, you know, some of these offensive line spots, you know, they've, they've done a great job on defense of, you know, plugging and playing with a couple of guys here. It's really hard to build the foundation of your roster that way. And it's why the best programs, Alabama, Georgia, they're still homegrown. They're not going, you know, 50 plus guys of, of roster turnover every year. It's really really hard to sustain success that way. And I understand that maybe you're able to get a little bit more of initial gratification, but what we're trying to do here is build something that lasts and we're doing the right thing. That's really what matters. Uh, got a super chat here from my guy, the Oso Blanco. Much love, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, momentum really want to win this game, get a bowl invite, build momentum into next year. I feel like the team and fans are ready to build something great here. Go Rams. I can't say it any better than that, my friend. I think this season feels very 2013-esque. There was an opportunity to win some games that slipped away from you, very similarly to what we saw in Jim McElwain in year two. You got to respond down the stretch. Next year, you know, we'll have even bigger goals, hopefully. You know, next year, it's not just going six and six. It's, you know, hey, we want to see them win eight games. We want to see them be in the, the mix for a championship. We want to see them win another rivalry game. I mean, there's, there's far or we're far from over, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say that the mission is not complete, but they're doing the right things. They're taking the, the right steps. And I, I really do feel like a win here would just be so big for the future of this program for, you know, keeping things rolling positively and just giving the fans something to feel good about, which you need, you need that hope as a fan. If it's just always, letdown and disappointment and, and nothing but, you know, loss after loss after loss. It's, it's hard to be into it. It is. We'll see what happens. Obviously this game in, in Hawaii is, is going to be wonky. You know, the Warriors, they did get beat pretty significantly by the Pokes and Laramie, but they beat Air Force the week before. And as we have seen in this conference all year, anybody is, is, is capable of, beating anybody the the travel's a big factor michael it, it's it's a big factor it really is i mean there's I, there's a reason hawaii covers so frequently at home even when they're not a good team it's just wonky you're, you're going to be kicking off at what ends up being 10 p.m. mountain time like the, the entire 
schedule gets thrown off, your body rhythm gets thrown off, your routine gets thrown off. It's just, it's a tough spot. It's kind of one of those where you want to get in and get out. You want to run clock. You want to, you know, just take what you can and get the hell out of there. I remember McElwain, especially, you could tell that was his mentality on the island. Like, get up, run the football, get the hell out of here. Um, got a question here from AO. Uh, this might be looking forward a bit too much, but I feel like week one next year against Texas could be interesting. Thoughts about our ability to be competitive in Austin. We're a long ways away from September. Um, got to see what the signing class ends up looking like, you know, who they bring in in the portal, what that roster is looking like. Um, Texas is a lot of talent. Like I, I've talked about it on the draft pod this year. I understand that it's fun to make the Texas is back jokes and, and all the memes and stuff. But if we're talking just sheer talent and when you look at what they're doing in the trenches, the speed they have at the skill positions, legit. I mean, that's a legit program under Steve Sarkeesian. You're just hoping to get out of there, to be honest. You're going there for a paycheck. It is what it is. Like, I'd love to see CSU pull pull the upset. I mean, Wyoming played a competitive game with them this year. Uh, but being realistic about the situation, it's kind of like when you went down to Tuscaloosa or, you know, some of those spots. Um, you just kind of hoping to stay healthy, to have a competitive showing, to get some positive exposure on a national level. And, you know, if, if you happen to make history, that'd be pretty freaking cool. You know, if you pull a New Mexico state and go into Auburn and, you know, take the, take the bag to beat their butt, that'd be awesome. But at the end of the day, like it's probably not the most realistic game to expect to win, but hey, maybe, maybe it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll see Blackburn versus Manning, the main event. <laughs> All right. Uh, question from Taylor. Wyoming goes seven at home this year. Can that be us next year? You'd love to think it, man. I mean, you get CU and Wyoming at home, uh, Northern Colorado. I mean, it's, it's a pretty favorable schedule, I think, um, especially with how the conference schedule played out. We will have to see what happens with that Pac-12 Mountain West Alliance um, that might throw off the, the schedule a little bit. Um, <laughs> Tim says, Justin predict Rams win in Austin. Um, I don't know if I, my prediction matters much, but uh, sure, why not? Why not? Go make history. Much love to all you guys. Um, I will have plenty of content here in a couple of days. We're going to talk hoops. Um, I will be live on Black Friday, uh, the morning of Black Friday, to talk about CSU's MTE out in Kansas City. To um, to um, set the scene for Hawaii, excuse me, getting a little bit tongue twisted there, but uh, much love y'all. Shout out to everybody in the comment section, uh, especially you, buddy, who doesn't care, but you got to comment anyways. Always proud to be one win away from bowl. Let's go out and get it. Peace. Peace.